bless you, saints. Welcome to church this evening. Men, there's not as many of us, so you all have to sing extra enthusiastically so I don't feel like I'm singing a solo up here. It's good to see each of you this evening. Why don't we just sing, I have an anchor in my life, holding to the solar. Can we sing it in D, if you wouldn't mind? I love this song so much. Every time we play it or sing it, I wore this CD out, and we'll tape first and then CD when it came out. And I just so appreciate the gift of Sister Marilyn, Sister Joanne, Sister Linda. Amen. And these songs that are just inspired of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So let's sing this together. I have an anchor in my life. With all the trouble around me, oh, how discouraged I could be. Yet in my heart, there's a deep sense. Thank 
sanctuary.
Hallelujah. Hide me away, O God, in your pavilion, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a refuge we have, saints, in an uncertain time. Hallelujah, but our God is still in control. Amen. We're going to open the service in a word of prayer. Maybe, Brother Josiah, could I ask you to open the service for us in a word of prayer, if you would? We do have a couple testimonies we want to share. Our brother Cole Dingwall would just like to say thank you to everyone who prayed for him this last week when he had his surgery. All went well and he is feeling much better. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for watching over little Cole. Amen. We have a little bit longer testimony from our sister Karen, but I feel it's worth sharing. Every testimony is worth sharing, but some of them are good when you have a little bit more background behind them. They wanted to give their greetings and their thanksgiving to the goodness of God. As many of you know, I ran into some trouble at the border last December when crossing back. And basically, she had a a positive COVID test entering back into Canada and uh, received a large fine, which your own country, you know, this is the way the devil works. But the border guards saw otherwise from what the website said, and a large fine was given. In January, the Lord directed us to the right lawyer. We felt confident she was the one. And everything has persisted over the last seven months. But three weeks ago, she was contacted by the lawyer. She had been given some pertinent information in the case and decided it was time to write a final letter to the prosecution asking for a stay of proceeding to avoid going to court. So taking all the information at her disposable, she wrote the last the letter and says she prayed as she sent it. Or we prayed as she sent it and left it in the Lord's hand. The prosecutor would respond in two weeks. And the past months, we put the prayer meeting before the church to pray and believe with us. And then before the saints at the prayer meetings, we have been so encouraged seeing the Lord move on behalf of the congregation. And we know that nothing is impossible. Nothing's too large or too small, whether spiritual or natural. And she said, the good news is yesterday I received the call from the lawyer. And she had wonderful news that the prosecution had granted me a stay of proceeding. The fine had been dropped, and I am now free to cross the border without losing my nexus and will be able to attend camp and to visit family. God is so very good. She would like to give all the thanks to all those who prayed. Hallelujah. Our God works the impossible. Amen. She says, such a weight has been lifted. Amen. We know God has a reason for everything we go through, and now we're able to give all the glory to God for what he's done. Amen. God bless you, Sister Karen, Brother Gill. Amen. Is there a need in your life? We know God does the impossible. Amen. That's why we share these testimonies before we go to prayer. Brother Josiah, would you come please and pray for us if you would? Let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord Jesus, we're so thankful to be here tonight, Lord God. Whether it's five people here or 500, Lord, the important thing is that you are here, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for your presence, Lord God. We're so thankful for these testimonies, Lord Jesus, for Brother Cole. This little testimony, Lord Jesus, we're so grateful. And for Sister Karen, Lord God. Lord Jesus, on a night like tonight, I don't know what the world would like to do with the beautiful weather. But no matter what the weather is, no matter what time of year it is, we're here to worship you, Lord Jesus. In spirit and in truth, Lord God. You're the fountain we run to, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we can't make it without you. We thank you for this place of worship. We thank you that people can cross the border to come here, Lord Jesus. We thank you that people have traveled many miles, Lord Jesus, just to worship you, Lord. Not for the ministry of a man, but to hear directly from you, Lord God. We thank you for this congregation, Lord Jesus. All the years, Lord Jesus, of faithfulness, Lord. I'm thankful for every single person here tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that as the word comes forth, Lord Jesus, it would come in power to each and every heart, Lord God. And if there are needs out there tonight, Lord Jesus, you know every single one, and I pray that you touch them, Lord Jesus. 
Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Lord God. You are the fountain we run to, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, only in you are we saved, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Would you anoint this service, Lord Jesus, anoint our worship, anoint the preaching, anoint the singing. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. actually going to keep you standing just for a moment. We're going to invite our brother Tim to come at this time. And why don't we just sing together, I'm amazed that you love me. And can we drop it down to E-flat if you wouldn't mind? Amen. Let's just sing this as our brother Tim comes. Oh, I'm amazed, Lord, that you love me. Yes, I'm amazed how you tonight spotless in your sight because of your grace because of your blessing glory to your name we exalt you lord oh savior how we magnify you how we glorify you oh god how wonderful you are 
How wonderful. Hallelujah. Wonderful Heavenly Father. Thank you for this message, Lord. Because of you, Lord, we've come into the light of your word in this day. It is the name of Jesus revealed to us, O God. The true character of yourself poured out amongst your people, Lord. It is that strong tower that the righteous are running into, Lord. That we might be safe. Safe from the the devil who's going about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. This is a very evil age. But you've given us a place of refuge, Lord. You've given us a place of security, O God. You've spread forth your wings that we might hide under the shadow of them, O God. How we thank you. You've given us strength in this hour. And Lord, as we've come together on this Wednesday night, the middle of the week, to have a little meeting, Lord, we're thankful that wherever two or three are gathered, you're in our presence. As we've heard recently, the angel of the Lord is here. You did not depart with your servant, Lord. You take your man, but you don't take your spirit. And Lord, we thank you that you're moving amongst your people. We thank you for the testimonies. And we give you glory for them, Lord. You have done great things in our midst. We thank you, Father, for each and everything that you have done. We are yours, O Lord, purchased by your blood. And we just commit this service now to you. Take your word. You are the word, Lord. This word is not a letter. It's not out of some textbook, Father. Lord, it's you revealing yourself amongst your people, into your people, quickening your people to who they are. And so we invite you now, Lord, just to anoint it afresh amongst us. Move through us, Lord, you who discerns the thoughts and intents of every heart. You who knows every secret, Lord. You who can direct the speaker. You, Lord, who can anoint the hearer. You alone who can give revelation, which we have need of, Lord. And we do not underestimate the value of it, Father. We just give ourselves to you now, asking your blessing upon everything that is said for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. Thank you, Brother Ryan. Thank you, musicians. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Have you come to hear the word tonight? Amen. We've come to be fed on, to be fed by the Word of God, to feed on the unfailing body, Word of the Son of Man that has been revealed for our day. And in our day, all the mysteries are finished. It's the fullness of the Word now. I think someone quoted that recently, the, uh, the full, the perfect interpretation of the Word. As we have now moving in the midst of the body of Jesus Christ. But though we have the the perfect interpretation of the word, we need it revealed to us individually. Amen. Do you desire that tonight? Let's seek a fresh revelation from God this evening. Amen. So first, uh, Peter chapter three is where we'll be turning. In verse 7. 
Now, um, verse 8, rather. And now Peter here deals with husbands and wives in the first seven verses. And then he goes here in verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. But contrarywise, blessing, knowing that you are thereunto to called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. I want to take, if you hold your Bibles handy tonight, and you can actually begin turning to Genesis chapter 12. But I want to, I want to take a lot of scripture tonight and just uh, almost have a Bible study. Uh, and I want to speak on the contrary blessing or the blessing which is contrary to the circumstances. And... Uh, you know, we don't serve God for the blessings. We serve God for truth. Because He is God. And He has revealed Himself to us. And we love Him. We love Him because He first loved us. We, we are thankful for sa- Him saving our souls. We were lost in sins and trespasses. We were born in sin. We didn't ask to come in sin, but we came that way and were subjected in a sinful condition to show the power of the redemptive power and the redemptive purpose of God. And He has redeemed us and He has shown Himself as God to us. And because He is God and has provided a way of salvation through Jesus Christ, His Son, and has paid the price of our sins, there is no other way of salvation. As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so there is no other provided way of escape from this generation. There are not options to escape this wicked generation that we're living in. There are no options to escape the destruction of the world as we come to the end of this world civilization. And the, and the collapsing of the world all around us. And it shall go into total annihilation. And, and there will be a tribulation period. There will be a time where, where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth on the earth. Not just in hell. There will be all kinds of evil things. But God has provided a way of escape. And, and we are thankful that He has provided for us that way of escape and and we know that we are called to a rapture in these last days it's been reserved for us it's been a mystery that was hidden down through the ages as John was told to to seal up the writings or to not write the mysteries in Revelation 10 the secrets of the seven thunders that uttered their voices that the mysteries contained in those seven thunders which are the mysteries which are revealed in the opening of the seven seals that those mysteries would be the secrets that would pour rapturing faith into the church. And so it wouldn't be for the first age or the second age or the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth. But now at the end of the seventh age, we have come to this great culmination of time of where God would pour out all revelation so that he could lose all power that is laying in the Holy Ghost in the believer. 
because it takes revelation to lose power. As I've said many times, I love that quote where Brother Brown says, you have enough power in you to speak worlds into existence and go and live on it. But it's held by a, it's held back by a law and the law is not do's and don'ts, but it's a law of faith. As much as God will reveal to you, that is how much you can receive or how much power is loose. They've had the power of the resurrection from the first age. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so now Jesus being the resurrection, he died at Calvary that he could lose his spirit to be poured back into the church on the day of Pentecost. That was the spirit of the resurrection in the first age, in the second age. The promise is unto you and to your children and those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The power of the resurrection in every age. How else are they coming up in the resurrection? They have the power of the resurrection. But the power that lays there is only loosed by the revelation of the word that is poured into the age. And we have come now to the fullness of the revelation of the word of God. I'm sorry, Abraham, is this his first time? Is this his first time interpreting? He's done it before. Good. Brother Murphy said his son Abraham was doing interpreting. I said I'd take it easy on him. And I broke my word right away. (laughs) So excuse me, Brother Abraham, or in anyone else that's interpreting. What an hour to live in. What a glorious time. And we realize that our eyes are set on a rapture. Our, our goal is to be changed, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, for this mortal to take on immortality. We've heard many of these things preached from different directions over the past little while. But I want to say. It's not just about the rapture. That is to say. It's not just about the body change. It's not just about something that lays in the future. It's right now. And that has also been preached. And I realize I'm not, I'm not saying something that hasn't already been said. But what I'm saying is. That the opening of the word. Brought all. Brought legal possession To all that Adam and Eve lost. Not just to bring us to the rapture. But to bring us into possession of all that Adam and Eve lost. Everything that they had there in the Garden of Eden. And imagine the blessing that they had in the Garden of Eden. Imagine now the, 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 what they partook of and how they, how every day they were blessed. And may probably blessed beyond what they realized. Because there was no evil. There, there was no law of, of opposites, as we could say. There was no, no valley to, to glorify the mountaintop. There was no bad days to make the good days look good. You know, it was all good days. It was all mountaintops, as we might say. It was all wonderful experiences. It was all perfection. It was all glorious. It was all blessing. It was all wonderful. God coming down in the cool of the evening. And, you know, and I was thinking about the subject that I preached on badger skins a while back and how that, why that badger skins, and I'm not preaching on that today, but the reason there had to be badger skins was because there was sin. Adam and Eve didn't have the badger skins on the presence of God. They didn't have the the hidden presence of God. God came down in the cool of the evening. And fellowshiped with them. And, and they were a blessed people. But, but perhaps did not realize in how blessed they were. And Eve took the, 
got deceived by the serpent and took the word of the serpent who had been possessed of the devil and was now speaking to her and saying, you know what, it's not all blessing. It's not all good things. It's not, you don't know everything. Matter of fact, you could learn some things if you would partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and Brother Branham makes a statement, and we're certainly living in this time. God doesn't destroy man. Man destroys himself. And that's the principle from the Garden of Eden. God didn't destroy Adam and Eve. Eve partook of knowledge. She stepped out from behind the Word to take knowledge instead. And that's how man destroys himself. She destroyed the human race and Adam partook of it with her, destroying the human race, bringing death into the human race because of knowledge instead of the Word of God. If they would have stayed behind the Word of God, they would have stayed blessed. But now now what do we have? Viruses, plagues, uh, pandemics they call it, epidemics, whatever the word is. New viruses coming out. They're trying to figure out how to fight this and fight that. They got wars. They got, they got all kinds of troubles. They got crimes in the city. They got shootings. They got all kinds of evil things. Why? Because of knowledge. If they would have stayed behind the word. Even Brother Branham says, if America would have accepted the gift that was sent to them. There would have been no need of an army. There would have been no need of a police force. You know, they talk about these days, I'm not into politics, but they talk about defund the police. We could defund the police. Just have everybody accept the message. I'm all for defunding the police. Sorry. There's going to be no police on the other side. There's no police in the millennium. Amen. There's no firefighters in the millennium. There's no emergency response teams in the millennium. Praise the Lord. There's no armies in the millennium. Amen. They're all defunded. Praise God. Because we're walking by perfect faith. Amen. Perfect faith in the word of God. We're looking forward to that blessing. That blessing. But God's object is to bring us to this blessing. And I want to, I want to just look, let's look at Abraham for a little bit here in Genesis chapter 12. I want to deal, I want to see how God deals with Abraham here. Brother Branham would often take this. This is more just simple this, this evening, uh, more foundational. Uh, maybe not necessarily inspirational. We've had a lot of inspirational preaching and, uh, and wonderful preaching and enjoyed all of it. And I hope that you'll enjoy it tonight, but we just want to, let's just dig in a little bit tonight. Is that okay? Let's just dig into the word a little bit. And as brother Tom preached recently, just ponder some things. Let's see how God deals with Abraham because we are the children of Abraham by faith. So Abraham here in Genesis 12, God deals with him. We'll start here. It says, Now God said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. Aren't those wonderful words? I will bless thee. we, We say at the end of the service often, God bless you. And Brother Branham said, that's the best thing you could say to somebody. 
But imagine if God says, I will bless you. God comes and visits you and says, I will bless you. What a statement. God himself saying, I will bless you. And make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We could just preach on just this one section of scripture about blessing and how that he who blesses Israel is blessed and he who curses Israel is cursed. We could talk about the curse. Brother Michael was preaching on it. How that Jesus, you know, I love that thought. How that Jesus, though a created spoken word body, yet even the spoken word, as long as the curse was in effect, that body began to age. Because all human flesh was cursed. But that same tabernacle went to Calvary to break the curse. That we might be blessed. Amen. And here's the beginning of it. God now... 3,500, 4,000 years ago, God now speaking to a man, Brother Branham said he's just an ordinary man. He's not anything special about him. He's an idol worshiper there in the city of Ur. And God comes down and visits him. There's something about Abraham that God has his hand on his life now. And he says, he says, listen, I want you to leave here. I'm going to take you to another country. You don't know this country. I'm going to show it to you and I'm going to bless you. Furthermore, I'm going to bless you so much that those who bless you will be blessed. I'm going to bless you so much that out of your na- your family, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Matter of fact, so great will this blessing be that, that it, wherever it, it touches, it will be blessed. And anybody that comes against it will be cursed. This is the blessing that I want to reestablish with the world. Not a happen chance. Listen now, I'm, I'm getting to a, I want to just lay a thought in here because I'll, I'll just say it, sum it up right now with a sentence. The devil wants to rob you of blessing. He wants to rob you. And and we have to be fully aware of our rights in Jesus Christ. As children of Abraham. And know what the blessings of God mean to us. Amen. So, So Abraham here, God begins to deal with him. Now the word blessing in the Old Testament. Uh, it, it is the word barak which means to endue with power for success, prosperity. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll use the word fertility and longevity. And so the, it's a, the, the word has a, a depth of meaning that doesn't just mean you'll do good. It means this area of your life and this area of your life and this area of your life, it will work. And it will come together. And so God deals with Abraham. We know the story of Abraham. He goes out from Ur and he goes uh, into the promised land and God begins to deal with him. Now let's turn over to Genesis 15. I want to just look here now. Another visitation from God. Genesis 15 and verse 1. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came to, unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And then Abraham begins to say, or Abram begins to say, I don't even have any children. You know, and, and so now he's getting older and this is dealing with him. You're going to bless me and through me you're going to bless the world, but I don't even have any children. Let's jump down to verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad 
and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. My. And he believed in the Lord. And he, the Lord, counted it for righteousness. Amen. What is righteousness? Faith in the Word of God that's revealed to you. That's what righteousness is. Righteousness isn't living right, acting right, doing right. No, it's faith in the Word. Amen. Amen. Faith in the Word that is revealed to you. He's accounted to you. And to Abraham it was accounted for righteousness as God took him out in the wilderness away from city lights if there was such thing in those days and away from any lights and saw the heavens populated with with stars and the masses of the millions of billions of stars and clusters and galaxies and everything abraham didn't have to understand it all abraham didn't have to be able to count them he didn't have to know that some are stars and some are galaxies and some are uh, solar systems and whatever more abraham just looked up there and god said so shall your seed be and abraham says i believe you i believe you and god not just not just in words but he looked at abraham's heart he says that's the righteousness that i'm looking for god accounted it to him for righteousness verse 7 says, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all these, divided them in the midst, laid each piece one against the other, but the birds he divided not. And I just, I just have to lay one thing in here. Uh, and verse 12, the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said, uh, unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land. And he begins to explain to him that what shall happen to Israel. Uh, and verse 17, and when it came to pass that when the sun went down, it was dark and behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. That's a key statement there. Because of this statement, it tells you it's an unconditional covenant. Because in the covenant, as Brother Branham explains in those days, that two men would take and divide an animal and would stand between the animal and make their promises to each other and say, you know, if, it, if we don't keep our end of the bargain, then be it unto us as to unto these animals. That was their covenant. But now God was establishing, he didn't ask Abraham to stand between the animals. He says, Abraham, you watch as I stand between the animals. In other words, God is saying, if I don't keep my word, then I will be divided. If I don't keep my promises, then I cannot be whole. You see, it's not just that he's, he's making the covenant with himself, uh, where, you know, as it records in the New Testament that he could swear by no other, so he swear by the greatest. That's how a man makes an oath, and God swore by himself. Saying in blessing, I will bless thee. Alright, so now he's making a covenant with Abraham. He says, Abraham, this covenant is unconditional. 
I'm, I'm telling you, this covenant is established. I will bless you. You will have an heir. All of my promises are sure. Your seed will be as the stars in the heaven. They shall possess this land. They'll be in a strange land for 400 years. And afterwards, they will come back. I'll deliver them out with a mighty hand. And I'll bring them into this land. And they will possess the land. And those promises are sure. Or I will be as these carcasses. See, that's what God is saying in making this covenant. He's establishing His Word with His people. And Paul takes it and says, whose seed we are by faith. So these promises are sure to us also. Amen. All right, so in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And then he names the current inhabitants of the land. All right. Brother Branham says in the message, Unconditional Covenant, he says, if you've got the Holy Ghost, and I'll come back to this statement in a moment, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're God's child, you're Abraham's seed. You got an unconditional covenant written in your heart by God Almighty Himself, Who can't take it back. Hallelujah. He swore that he wouldn't do it. God's children unconditionally. And this is where I want to get to the contrary blessing tonight. He says, you don't deserve your healing tonight. There's not one of us in here that deserves to even hear the gospel. There's not one of you that deserves the grace of Jesus Christ. None of us. We're all together. But God, by His grace, has done it anyhow. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? He says, there's none of you deserve your healing. Every one of you ought to die. Me too. All of us. We're not deserved to live on the earth. That's right. We're not deserving to look at God's creation, but God has promised us and He cannot lie. He swore that He would do it. Healing belongs to us. Salvation belongs to us. The Holy Ghost belongs to us. Heaven belongs to us. Now we're the sons of God. Now we're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's nothing can harm us. Amen. Amen. That just takes me to Romans 8 where Paul says, that if God be for us, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm persuaded that nothing, neither height, depth, principality, power, tribulation, persecution, things present, things to come, nothing can separate us. From the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Oh, I just love repeating that scripture. I could say it over and over and over. Someone asked me the other day, what's your favorite scripture? I says, Romans 8, from the beginning to the end. Just read it over and over and over again. Amen. And then read the rest of the Bible. It's good too. And let's go over to Genesis 17. So now, Abraham is given this covenant. An unconditional covenant. Which, as Peter said, we are to inherit a blessing. All right? Now, in Genesis 17, El Shaddai appears. 
And he says to Abraham, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Alright, let's jump down to verse 6. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee, in their generation. This is my covenant which thou shalt keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. All right, now as Brother Branham says, God is revealing more of the covenant to Abraham. It's not that another covenant, it's not a new covenant, it's the same covenant with a further revelation now. And God establishes with Abraham the sign of circumcision that is a natural sign that will type a spiritual sign for the believer. God was saying to Abraham, and Abraham after this takes and circumcises all of the people in his house, his men servants, and all of the purchased the slaves and everything. Everybody was circumcised after this because it was a sign we believe the covenant. All right. And so now what Brother Branham explains what God is doing here is that he's establishing something that is a shadow of something greater to come. And that whomever it is that receives God's covenant through Jesus Christ, they shall also receive a sign. And that sign is the Holy Ghost. All right. In the message, what is the Holy Ghost? He says, he called Abraham and Abraham moved out of his country, went into a strange land to dwell among strange people. And that was a type when God calls a man to stop his meanness, repent of his sins. He turns then the crowd from the crowd he was in to live in a new crowd amongst new types of people. See, you're not a Christian because you come to Cloverdale Bible Way. We come to Cloverdale Bible Way because we're Christians. Hope you understand the difference there. And we realize not all Christians come to Cloverdale Bible Way. There's a bride of Jesus Christ all around the world. Attending whatever church under whatever ministry that God has raised up in their area. And God has given them shepherds that they might be strengthened in this day, this last day, to feed them the message of the hour. But the reason we're here is not to be a Christian. We are Christians, therefore we're here. Now, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I pray that God will open your eyes and you'll realize you're in the covenant. But stick around until God opens your eyes. I don't want you to leave just because you don't understand what I'm saying. I want you just to open your heart to God and say, God, if these things are real, open it to me personally. Make it real in my life that I might walk in the way you want me to walk in. Amen. I, no offense to these brothers. They're great preachers. Better preachers than I am. But yet in the midst of it all, I don't want to please Brother Tom. Or Brother Michael. Or Brother Murphy. Or even Brother Biscoe. That's not my objective. My objective is to please God. I'm here because I want to please God. I do what I do because I want to please God. 
Because I'm moved by the Holy Spirit. I've been quickened to the word of the hour and by the word of the hour. So Brother Branham goes on. He says, he says, he turns from the crowd he was in to live in a new crowd among new types of people. And then after God found Abraham to be faithful to the promise that God gave him, that he would have a child and through the child the earth would be blessed. Then God confirmed his faith by giving him a sign. And that sign was circumcision. And circumcision is a type of the Holy Spirit. Alright. So how do you get the Holy Spirit? Well, we know the recipe is repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It hasn't changed. It's been the same for 2,000 years. People have tried to have other recipes, have put in denominational ideas. And that's why Brother Branham says the Holy Spirit was bound throughout seven church ages by creeds and dogmas. Because as much as man-made teaching comes into the church, then the power of the Holy Spirit cannot move through man-made teaching. The power of the Holy Spirit can only move through the revelation of the Word of God. Alright, so now down through the ages, the promise has been the same unto you and to your children, as many as are afar off. When God recognizes your faith, He gives you the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you get faith? God reveals His Word to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And when God speaks His Word, not in a general sense of teaching, say, well, I believe the teaching of the church. I'm identified with Cloverdale Bible Way. I believe they're teaching. And, you know, there's something about being identified as, I think somebody preached on that recently, identified with their shame and identified with their glory. You know, maybe we better turn the, the internet off for a minute. Cloverdale Bible Way is not perfect. Did you, you can turn it back on now. All right. When I first came to Cloverdale Bible Way, I thought everybody was angels. It's kind of like Brother Brown going to Mishawaka, right? I, I thought everybody was angels. I thought, my, these people are perfect. I better leave that one there. It didn't turn out to be that way. Let's just put it that way. Praise the Lord. But I found some people that really love the Lord. And really desire to please Him. All right. Now in the token message... 1963 in Jeffersonville, Brother Branham says, a fine scholar went to talking to me, as I said a while ago, he said, Billy, he said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. What could the man do but believe God? I said, that's true, doctor. It's right. He did believe God. The Bible said so. You're right. As far as you've come, you're correct. As long as the 12 spies that were sent out to go over and spy out the land of Canaan, as long as they went forward towards Canaan, they were gaining ground. But when they came to the borderline, then they rejected. And I said, you Baptists are all right as far as you've come, but have you you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I said, remember, God recognized Abraham's faith He believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. That's true. But then God gave him the seal of circumcision as a sign to him. All right. Not that his flesh circumcised has anything to do with his soul. But it was a sign that God had recognized his faith. 
And he gives us the sign of the Holy Ghost that he has recognized us as believers. Amen. That's why we want the Holy Ghost. That's why you must have the Holy Ghost. You must be born again. It's not a question of, well, you know, I'll just believe God and and hope for the best. No. You believe God till you die out to everything else and God fills you with his spirit. He fills you with his presence in whatever kind of an experience that God gives you. But it is an experience. And it is the power of God that comes into a believer and you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. The inside of the inside has been changed because God recognized your faith in the word he gave you. And quickens you with his Holy Spirit. All right. We could uh, certainly... Brother Bram preached three services on the Holy Ghost, so... We could certainly spend a long time on that, but I want to move on. He gave us the sign of the Holy Ghost that He has recognized us for believers. For repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and them that are far off. All right. Genesis 18. Excuse me, as we just follow through now with Abraham. I just want to drop this in before we go to 22. Genesis 18 and verse 17. Now here, God appears to Abraham and uh, to fulfill his promise. Is anything too hard for the Lord, he says to Sarah. And uh, in verse 16, the men rose up from thence and walked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, now we realize there's three angels. One of them is the Lord. Not three lords, one Lord and two angels. All right. And, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. The blessing is in effect. And because the blessing is in effect... God will not hide anything from Abraham. He is blessed. And when God comes down to visit, he says, I will not hide these things from Abraham because he is in the covenant. And because he is in the covenant, I will reveal my word to him. God already showed him what will happen to his seed for 400 years. God now is showing to him what will take place in Sodom and those things and the the judgment that's falling in that hour. Now remember, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. So here we are today, a most blessed people who have received the fullness of the measure of the Word. But it's not just good enough that we say we have a message, but it's that God reveals it to us personally because we are in the covenant. We are His seed. We are His children. And He desires. He cannot, he cannot just pass through Cloverdale and leave one seed aside. He cannot bring His Word through a service and say, it's not, oh, it's not for you. No, he's, He'll pass by your way in a service and say, I cannot hide this from you. Seeing you're my seed. Seeing you're in the covenant. Seeing you are blessed. You will surely be in a rapture. You will surely see a body change. I will not hide from you any secret that is important in this hour. 
I will make sure you receive every revelation that is necessary to quicken your faith to a level to bring you into the fullness of the blessing. Amen. Every service. I don't come to church to say, God, don't let me miss it. I come to church to say, God, just speak to me. Whatever you want to say. If it's just one sentence, just speak to me. You know, the, the, the preacher's labor, I don't want to let out too many secrets, but the preacher's labor, and then I preach a whole service, and somebody says, I got one sentence out of that. And we're blessed. We're blessed. There's how, I don't know how many times, I'll just say this, Sarah, Sister Sarah and I were talking about it on the way to church. I don't know how many times I've talked to different brothers, not just here, but in other places as well. And we come to, in the middle of something that might be a little... Um, goings on or, or things that are happening. And then, then the subject comes up, but what is that to thee? Follow thou me. That phrase keeps coming back because somebody preached on it and it's still alive in people's minds because God sowed it in their minds. And I just think, praise the Lord. They were blessed by the word of God. That's the way God does. He says, I'm going to pass through the service tonight and there's something in here you can take home with you. There's something in here I want you to catch to raise your faith to a little bit higher level. Genesis 22. We come to Jehovah Jireh. Twenty-two and verse 15. The angel of the Lord called unto Abram out of heaven the second time. The first time was, Abraham, stay your hand. And then Abraham saw the ram. But now the second time. And said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. Now we're all the way back in Genesis 15. By, my sw- by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing... I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And then Abraham returned to the young men. Now just a minute here. God just repeated himself. He already told Abraham. He already swore by himself in the, in the covenant, in the sacrifice. He already showed Abraham the stars of the heavens. And Abraham believed God. Is that right? I think you've been listening to the services lately. But God's eternal. But, so this shows us two things here. Number one, God is eternal. The word doesn't change from yesterday Today and forever. That's number one. Number two, he doesn't dump the whole load on us at once. He doesn't appear to Abraham at the sacrifice and say, I'm going to swear by myself and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you a great blessing. Oh, and by the way, you're going to have a son, but you're going to need to sacrifice him. God didn't say that back there. But that was already there in God's mind. God already knew he would say to Abraham, now take Isaac up on Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. God already knew that. God already knew that Abraham would believe his voice. 
But it was all a part of the blessing unfolding. It was all a part of God directing his life and leading him through circumstances. See, it all just doesn't happen when we're at the altar. And we give our life to Jesus Christ. And we accept what He's done for us and we're saved. Or maybe we're filled with the Holy Ghost then and, and or we're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Whatever it happens, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost before you're baptized. That's certainly scriptural. But yet in the midst of all of it, it's not this experience or that experience. It's God unfolding His covenant to you personally. God making Himself known to you personally. Surely in blessing, I will bless you. I have already determined that I will bless you. I will take you through this situation till you thought, Lord, there's no way out of it, but He brought me out of it. And He'll take you down the road and there's another situation till maybe you feel like Abraham, 99 years old, and Sarah's 89 years old and you got no strength and God says, I'm your strength giver. And you turn a hundred and nothing has changed and God appears to you and says, I'm going to visit you according to the time of life. I'm going to bring to pass my promise. I'm going to pour out my blessing. And this isn't all of it. Now just think about it. What you have received so far in your life, I want to say tonight, that's not all of it. We've had great services, but that's not all of it. We're still here. There's going to be more services, Lord willing. There's going to be greater services. Hallelujah. I'll say there's going to be greater blessings. There's going to be more poured out from God. And But at the same time, there's going to be circumstances that are arrayed against you. There's going to be situations that are going to come against you. And there's going to be things that happen that you thought, I never thought we'd be here. Three years ago, we never thought we'd go through COVID. We never thought the church would be shut down. We never thought the border would be closed. But it was. But He blessed us. He brought us through it. Was it easy? It wasn't easy. But we stood on the covenant. We didn't stand on our own strength. There might have been times that we said within ourselves, Lord, I don't know if I can make it. Lord, I don't know how much longer I can stand without a service. But we stood. And we're here. Hallelujah. He blessed us. Because he said, I will bless you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Deuteronomy now. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, Deuteronomy is... I was waiting for that. (laughs) Brother Ibiye, Brother Branham preached two services at the beginning of 1959. You hearing me? Listen to both of them. The two services at the first of 1959. It'll bless you. Amen. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 30. 
And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God has driven thee. Deuteronomy is two laws. Law of blessing and the law of cursing. Now God says, I'm setting this before you now. Because you have to realize that you want the blessing of God. God says, I will bless you. But actually the blessing is upon condition. And I'll come to that a little bit later. But the world doesn't want the blessing of God. They have chosen their own efforts above the blessing of God. They don't want marriage. We don't need the blessing of God in our marriage. It's just the devil robbing them. Because God blesses you when you obey His Word. They don't want the blessing of God in proper conduct toward each other. And I'll say it towards young people. The right attitude of a young man towards a young woman or a young woman towards a young man. There is a blessing in proper conduct. Word conduct. It's not just a matter of, oh, it doesn't matter or, oh, everybody does it or the world. Listen, the pressure of the world is on the young people towards immorality and licentiousness and perversion. But for a man to be a real man and a woman to be a real woman, there's a blessing in that. And for a man to behave himself as a man towards a woman, there's a blessing in that and vice versa. And all of those things. And even, you know, as the Bible talks about uh, even Paul, you know, why would Paul deal with servants and masters and if you're employed and your boss and all these kind of things and how you act towards them, why would he deal with that? Because there's a blessing in those things, in the right attitude that you have on the job. The Bible says that the, you know, children obey your parents, that it may be well with you uh, in the earth and that you may have live a long life. Why is that? That's a conditional covenant. That's a conditional blessing rather. In that if you, if you act properly towards your parents, it'll be well with you. There's a blessing towards that. I've got it here in my notes where the book of Malachi says, you know, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and see if I will not pour you out a blessing. And so there is, there, there is the blessings of God. And this world has become so vile through knowledge and the ideas of man that, that they think, oh well, we don't need God. We don't need His blessing. I'll tell you what, I want every blessing. God has promised to bless me and I want every one of them. I want to conduct myself according to His Word. I want to know what His Word says. I want to live right. I want to act right. I want to think right. I want to have the right attitude that the blessings of God that He wants to bless me with will be upon my life. I preached a series a while ago, Brother Tom, you may remember, on the devourer. It was around 2000, the turn of the millennium. Doesn't that sound sweet? The turn of the millennium. You know, and... Uh, uh, I preached on the devourers, not on the website anymore. I see that, but I was thinking, you know, just about time to preach that again. 
you know, take a series on the devourer. And God says, I will rebuke, rebuke the devourer for your sake. There's a devourer out there. There's a power that's out there. And how that it moves throughout the earth and it, it's found throughout the scriptures and, and, and you don't realize that all one little disobedience, brother Michael, I think talks about, talked about Achan. Listen, it's not about if somebody disobeys the word, the whole world, the whole church is cursed. I realize it could stop somebody from their healing, but I actually believe that God overrides it now because we're not following, uh, God as a nation. We're following God as individuals. And it's your individual faith that will grant you your blessing. All right. There's going to be unbelief in the church. I might as well say it. I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but we're not going to have a perfect church. There's make believers, unbelievers and believers in every church. Matter of fact, I want people to come into church that are unbelievers because I want them to get saved. And we all do. We want to preach to them. I'll preach to them here, preach to them anywhere. You want to preach to unbelievers. You want them to get saved. Now, the ones that are deliberately disobedient, they stop the blessing of God upon their own lives and upon the life of their family. I think Brother Michael went into that. And you can re-listen to his service in that it's, it's your own self you're robbing. And the devil wants you to think it doesn't matter. Listen. The salvation is unconditional, but the blessings of God are upon condition. And he wants to bless you if you will allow him to bless you. All right, I'll I'll establish that more. Deuteronomy 28, let's turn back a couple pages here. Let's start from verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I have commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. This is to the seed of Abraham. Are you the seed of Abraham? All right. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. We sing that song, thy goodness is running after me. Here's what God is saying. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field, and blessed shalt be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket, and thy store, and thy bank account. That's the Tim Dodd revised version. All right. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Wherever you go. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Nobody will prosper against you. When somebody's against you at work, it won't work. When somebody's against you at school, it won't work. When somebody's against you somewhere, a neighborhood or whatever it might be, it won't work. Because you're hidden behind the word of God. They, they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. 
The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. He gave them a physical land. He gives us a spiritual land. All that Adam and Eve lost, God will bless it to you as you walk in the revelation that God gives unto you. There's a reason that Esau, a carnal man, when he realized that Jacob had stole the blessing, that he was some upset. Esau was a man that was a good, uh, a good hunter. He was a, a man that was good at business. He was a man that was, he was a real man's man, so to speak. He really had it together, but he knew one thing. I still need the blessing. I still want the blessing, even if I don't have the birthright. Listen, he had given up on the birthright. He couldn't see the point of the birthright. But Jacob got the birthright by a deal with Esau. But then he slipped in and stole the blessing of the firstborn. Hallelujah. And Esau was some angry. Because even as a carnal man, he knew that the blessing of God meant something. It means something, saints. We don't live this way for no reason. It means something. It's not just, oh, I'm trying to squeak into the rapture. No, it means something. I want the blessing of God today. I have a life that I have to live. I want the blessing of God on it. I I don't know how to put everything together. There's many of you that are way smarter than me. But I'll tell you what, if I have the blessing of God and all you have is your smarts, I'll do better than you every day. That's just the way it is. Ezekiel 24. You can read the whole chapter when you get home. We don't turn to it. We'll just save time. It says, I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. And there shall be showers of blessing. Actually, if, I, if we had time, we'd go into it. But Ezekiel 34 talks about what a true shepherd can do. So it's talking about a real church. A church that's got a shepherd that cares. Somebody that's burdened for the people. You know, we've had a great shepherd. We have a great shepherd. All right? And, and we, 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 uh, we have been blessed because of the ministry of Brother Biscoe. Can you say amen to that? And because of that ministry, we have been blessed. He says, the tree of the field shall yield her fruit. The earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land. Shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that served themselves of them. In other words, we came out of bondage. Amen. We're in Jubilee. And and we are blessed because God gave us a real shepherd. I say praise be to God. Don't undervalue that. And I could certainly say in this hour, and I don't like to get into, I'll call them messagisms, but where people are trying to say, all you need is the tapes. I'll tell you what, I'm glad we had a real shepherd. I'm glad we have someone that God raised up and used him throughout the years, and we are blessed. That's just the reality of it. I'm not trying to make him any more than he is. Neither than to make him any less than he is. 
Because of that, this church is blessed. Man, I could, I'm sorry, Brother Tom, I said I could get under your anointing right now. We are a blessed people. Listen, folks, I came out of denomination. And I realized many of you, especially young people, don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, you don't have a clue what denomination, what Pentecostalism, all kinds of stuff. I could tell you things that happen. I shared some with Murphy the other day. Some of the crazy things that go on. Man-made ideas rob the people of their blessing. We're a blessed people. We're thankful that we had a man that was not selfish. But a man that cared. I remember the first time I sat down. Oh, I digress, but first time I sat down with Brother Biscoe to ask his advice on something after I'd come into the message, been baptized, and I had some burdens on my heart because of my career in the bank and different things, and sat down with him. I'll just tell it the way it was. I sat down with a question that I couldn't define, and he defined it. He defined the question, and he gave me the answer. And, I, and nobody could tell me from that time that that wasn't a man of God. You know, God used him to help me. And I, I always appreciated that and still do. All right. Malachi 3 says, will a man rob God? We, we went through that. I will pour out a blessing and will rebuke the vower. I have to move forward. I'm going to skip that part. Why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Are you still with me? I hope this is... Well, I know this is good for you, but I hope you feel like it's good for you. All right. Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. Let's start in verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee called, named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man by the, whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly Thou that are highly favored. Now, the first step is an angel comes into the room and appears before you. It's a little much. Mary didn't have Holy Ghost, but she was a pure young woman, believed God. And now an angel appears to her. That tells me in itself, God is favoring me if, if I was her. But he doesn't stop there. He says, Thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary maybe didn't think that about herself. And many times you maybe don't think that about yourself. But it's true. Brother Branham says in the... I won't even say Brother Branham said it because he was just recording what God told him to record as he took up his pen and wrote. And he said, the word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows what he wants done 
with the Word. All right. So what I'm just saying here is that what you're reading now of Mary is also spoken of you. All right. Verse 42. She goes to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And down to verse 46. Mary now herself anointed, singing, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has rejoiced, or he hath regarded rather the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Hallelujah. Now, she's making a statement here and and this isn't just uh there's actually two words that are that are in uh in usage here for these words blessed in uh in the verse 28 when the angel comes it uses the word eulogio if i can i doubt if i pronounce it right and whereas mary and elizabeth use the word makarios makarios maybe is how it is and uh, brother tom might know it better than i do <laughs> and so these are two different words one we know very well because brother thomas preached on it the makarios is happy or blessed happy are you blessed are you all right but the other word Eulogio means to speak well of. Alright? So, uh, it comes, mean, it means to, to exalt or to signify the importance of that person in particular. So when the angel says, you are blessed among women, he's not just saying, you're happy. He's saying, you are well spoken of. Or in other words, there's a word from heaven. There's an eternal word that speaks of you. And you are that fulfillment of that word. You are that prophecy. A virgin shall conceive. Amen. You are the blessed one that is spoken of. And so the angel now is delivering that message directly to her. As Mary now begins to come into this. Now, let me just say here that... In Romans chapter 4, I, I have to go into this now because I don't want to just leave you hanging. Turn with me to Romans 4. Can we, can we just go a little bit further tonight? Is this all right? Amen, Brother Ryan. I don't know where you are, but now you know why. I was saying I have a short song service. Romans 4. It says, what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining unto the flesh has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Alright? So he's talking about faith being counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man. Now, here's another word for blessing. And it comes from the word Macarios, if I can say it that way, or happy, or blessed, or, or, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there. 
But this now is not just happy or blessed, but this now is the pronouncement of the happiness or the pronouncement of the blessing. All right. So David describes the pronouncement of blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this, and I'll say it, pronouncement of blessedness, then upon circumcision only or upon uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Amen. So Paul, that great apostle, that, that, that example of all ministry, lays out the word and he says now, he says this is not done by anything that Abraham did, but God came to Abraham and he pronounced the blessing. God imputed it to him for righteousness. God said, I will bless you. God said, all the earth will be blessed in you. Furthermore, whoever blesses you will be blessed. And whoever curses you will be cursed. And your seed. And them that are after you. And all of these things. In other words, God saying, I want to loose my blessing. And Abraham, I am loosing my blessing through you. And through those who have the same faith as you do. Amen. And Paul now is saying that this faith does not come because of works. This faith is of grace. This righteousness is of grace because God reveals his word. God sends his word to the age and you believe the word. The next door neighbor doesn't believe the word. The person down the street doesn't believe the word. The government doesn't believe the word. Most of the police force doesn't believe the word. The army doesn't believe the word, but you believe the word. All the great men of this world didn't believe the world. Because God didn't call the great. God called the despised. God called those that were esteemed as nothing. That he might show that no flesh will glory in his presence. I am pouring out my blessing. And it is through you. This age is blessed. It's through you. I pour out blessing. And they that bless you. Will be blessed. And they that curse you. Will be cursed. I'll tell you what I fear for the governments in this age. I fear for the up and ups, the elites of this age. They think they don't need people that are, that are spiritual. They don't need God. They don't need churches. They don't need truth. I'll tell you what, they're just saying we don't need blessing. Because it is only through that channel, your channel, that God sends the blessing. Hallelujah. God sends the blessing. And it doesn't matter what the conditions are. God sends his blessing. Brother Adam says in one place. Let me just read you a few quotes and then we'll close. He says, we find across the country today, one of our tapes was being played recently in a home where a group of ministers was right then convinced and was coming to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And a man rose up in the room, spoke in tongues and said, thus saith the Lord, hold on to what you got. Just keep on going. I'll bless you. Brother Brown says, well, if the Lord, or they said, well, if the Lord said that, I guess that's it. You see, he says, if it isn't examined with the word. 
It's got to take the word first. There you are, he says, it was contrary to the word. Now they weren't just robbing themselves of the word, they were robbing themselves of the blessing. See, they had all sorts of revivals and all sorts of uh, churches and signs and wonders when Brother Branham was here. And they all said, we'll just go on with what we got. God's with us and we'll just keep going on. Not knowing when they left the word, they left God. And when they left God, they left the blessing. And now where are their churches? Dead. Twice plucked up. That's why you see in third world countries where at least the people are a little bit honest. When they hear the truth of the word of God, they say, that's exactly what we want. That's the truth. And they're coming into the message and they're embracing the message of the hour and they're being rebaptized and they're, they're feeding on the word of God and they're growing in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because they want God. They're not just being identified with a system and God forbid that we ever just identify with a system. God forbid that we ever just identify with a name. We must identify with the Word. Amen. Lord, we want your blessing at all costs. Brother Ram says, God made a blessing that He'd bless, but them blessings are under conditions. You've got to meet those conditions to make that work. Setting a while ago with a sweet little girl here, first I combed that family through to see if there was anything wrong. God will heal, but it's under conditions. The only thing that I found was the mother afraid that it was wrong to take medicine. I said, don't think that, sister. Get that out of your mind. Go right ahead with the child. Give it medicine. God will make that known. Amen. Amen. Another place, sirs, we would see Jesus says, When little Micaiah, the son of Imlah, come forth, he saw a vision. He compared his vision with the word. And when he saw his vision and the word was together, he said, go on up. But I seen Israel scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You see who was right. They actually had something. That land did belong to them. But it belonged to them under conditions. And so does the blessings of this last day belong to the church. But it's under conditions. You've got to meet those conditions. If you don't, you can have all kinds of healing services, shouting services, praising services, fruit services, speaking in tongue services. I'm just quoting here. He says, it'll do you no good at all. You got to come to God's conditions. And the wonderful thing about that is God's not, doesn't leave us blind. He shows us the conditions. He reveals his word. He says, here, walk in my word, you'll have your healing. Walk in my word, you'll have your family. Walk in my word, you'll have my blessings. Walk in my word. Don't now, don't, don't withhold anything from, from your mind or anything like that. Don't fear. I will bless you. In blessing, I will bless you. Oh my, I remember the, the, the woman that had the, the goiter on her throat and the neighbor that had a growth and, and no, the one had a stomach condition, the other had a goiter on her throat and, and they were in a meeting and, and the Lord revealed it to them and uh, that they were going to be healed, but they went home and I think it was two or three weeks that they were sitting at home, still had all the symptoms of sickness. But one morning, she began to think, you know what, that man didn't know me. See, that's how God does it. He puts a thought in your mind and he wants you to agree with the word because that's righteousness. 
and righteousness brings blessing. And she says, you know, uh, that man didn't know me and I, he didn't know what my problem was and he said it exactly right. And, and so I, I don't think it's anything but the truth. And all of a sudden she got hungry. Wasn't a lightning flash. Wasn't a house shaking. Wasn't, a, wasn't falling down on the floor drunk in the spirit or whatever it might be. And those things are all all right in their place. But yet in the midst of it all, she just got hungry. And she goes, hmm. Kids left a little leftovers at the table at breakfast as they went to school. I'll try, I'll have this little toast. I shouldn't eat it, but I still sure feel hungry. I think I'll make myself some coffee. And she drank some coffee. All the, what was it? God had decided in blessing, I will bless you. The time of blessing had arrived. Though you wait long for it, it shall come. God will fulfill his promise. He will bring his blessings to pass in your life. He has promised it. Amen. Oh, we better close. Musicians come. You know, Brother Brown talks about a case... Matthew, Matthew's not here tonight. We were visiting the other day. I was studying on this subject and he mentioned something. He mentioned this. And I thought, there it is. That's exactly the statement I needed. And, uh, Brother Brown says, he tells this all the way from 19, I think 54 or 57, all the way up to 1965. He tells the same story. He says, one more little story. He says, have we got time? a good one to close the service on he says just that and then i'll let it go he says there was a little old darkie down here in the south and his pastor i knew him a nice old fella we call him gabe his name was gabriel and we just called him gabe he always the pastor and i we went hunting a whole lot he was an old colored brother and we went out hunting so old gabe liked to hunt better than anyone i ever knowed but he was a poor shot. That's Brother Tim, actually. So one day his pastor and him went hunting. And we could never get old Gabe to line up to church. He just wouldn't do it. He wouldn't come, come to church. I said, oh, I, he said, oh, I, I don't go down there where the hypocrites is. Let that one sink in a little. I said, but Gabe... As long as you stay out, they're bigger than you. You're hiding behind them. I said, you're hiding behind them. You're smaller than they are. They they do go down and make an effort. He said, I, I think so lots of you, Brother Bill. He says, I, I know Jones goes down there and he ain't nothing. He shoots craps with me over there. I said, that's all right, Gabe. That's all right. But remember, Jones has to answer for that. You don't have to. You've got a good pastor. Oh, he says, Pastor Jones is one of the finest. I think it was a different Jones. Uh, Pastor Jones is one of the finest men there is in the country. I said, let him be your example. If you can look for, if you can't look further than that, let him be your example. It's quite a statement, isn't it? If there's nobody else in the church that you think isn't a hypocrite, look at the pastor. If you think he's okay, let that be your example. So one day, Brother Jones said, took old Gabe hunting and said, we got more rabbits and birds that day than we could hardly pack. 
Come in the evening, old Gabe was coming behind, all loaded down, you know. His wife was a real loyal Christian, and she had a place right there, a Holy Ghost-filled woman, and she always had her post of duty. So he, old Gabe, was coming behind, you know, and Pastor Jones said he looked around, and he could see old Gabe kept looking over his shoulder like that. The sun was setting. Getting real low. Getting cool. After a while, said he walked along. He says, old Gabe come up. He had his shotgun barrel hanging full of rabbits and birds and things. He tapped the pastor on the shoulder. Said, pastor? Said he turned around and said, yeah, Gabe, what's the matter? He says he looked and great big tears running off his big, his black cheeks where his beard was turning gray. Says, pastor, I've been walking along this bank here about a half an hour. I've been watching that sun go down. You know, these gray whiskers of mine, my hair turning. You know, my sun's setting too, Pastor. He said, that's right, Gabe. And he stopped and he turned around. He said, what's the matter with you? He said, my sun's setting too. You know what? I got it thinking as I was walking along back there. He said, you know, said the Lord must love me. He said, sure he does, Gabe. He said, you know, I'm a poor shot. I couldn't hit nothing. But we're really need, we really needed this meat at home. Just look at the big fine bunch of game he gave me. These birds and these rabbits. He says, I got enough to keep us all next week. He must have loved me. Because I can't hit nothing. But look at what he gave me today. He said, he, loves, he must love me or he wouldn't have given me this. Pastor said, that's right. He said, well, I had a strange little knock at my door down there. He told me to turn around and said, Gabe, your son's setting too. He said, Pastor, you know what I done, Pastor. He said, I made him a promise. And the pastor said, Gabe, I want to ask you something. What sermon did I preach that made you feel that way? Or what did the choir sing? He said, oh, I sure do love that singing down at the church, Pastor. I love your every message you preach because it comes right from the good book. And I know it's right. But it wasn't that. He just knocked. And I looked around here and see how good he was to me and what he give me. Sunday morning, I'm going to walk up to the front where you're standing. I'm going to give you my right hand because I done give my heart to the Lord right down there around the hill. He says, I'm going, I was going to be baptized and take my place right beside my wife. And I'm going to stay there until the Lord calls me higher. Then Brother Bram says, see, he just happened to look around and see how good God had been to him. Stop for a minute, folks. Don't get caught up in what this age is doing. Don't even get caught up in your circumstances and situations of life. When the, when the disciples were in a boat on the sea, the Bible says the wind was contrary. It's the other use of that word 
which Peter says, contrary wise blessing, even as you are called to inherit a blessing. See, the blessing of God is not based upon the circumstances that you find yourself in. The blessing of God is available to every seed of Abraham that will believe and follow God's Word. Just look around you. We can now spend a lot of time. What are you doing here this evening? You could have been in a bar. Some of us would have been. You could have been in a broken up marriage. Some of us would have been. You could have been in a terrible situation. Your family could be in a terrible situation. Your parents could have been in a terrible situation. Those of you that were raised in the message, you could have been raised in a miserable place. But God blessed you. And Gabe finally came to a place, took him a long time, till he got to the end of his life and he realized, he does love me. And he did bless me with all of these things. And you are called to receive a blessing. God blessed Israel when all was against them. When the age went south in Noah's day, God blessed Noah. When it turned against the church in every age, God blessed the church. When Abraham separated himself from all unbelief, God blessed Abraham. And God has already said, in, when it comes to blessing, I will bless you. The only thing that holds this world together, as much as it's fallen apart, is the blessing of God. And it's because there's a people in God's mind, in His redemptive purpose, that God has said, I will bless them. Let's stand together. Could we sing that song, He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. A wonderful Savior is Jesus. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of Oh
before we sing this next verse. This is a service for you to ponder, but I, I want it to be more than just pondering. I want you to take it home with you tonight. God has said, He will bless me. He cannot lie. And when He made that covenant with Abraham, He says, I must fulfill this covenant or I will be as these animals. I will be divided. In other words, He fulfills His promise through His seed or He cannot be whole. God without you is not whole. You're a part of Him. You're an expression of Him to this age. You're the recipient of His blessing because the blessing is in the covenant. And we are called to inherit a blessing. And we don't come to Him as though we deserve it. It's not of works. But it's a contrary blessing. It's not that we can stand and say, well, you know, I deserve it because I'm a seed of God. No, Brother Branham says in, in one place in 1961, it says, don't come saying, well, Lord, if you'll heal me of this stomach ache, I'll serve you. Don't come like that. Come tell them you're a rascal. Tell them you're no good. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're not good at all. You don't deserve nothing. You deserve to die and go to hell. But because He invited you to come, say, I'm coming, Lord. Nothing in my arms I bring. Simply to Thy cross I cling. There you are. He's going to honor that then. The Word of God says we're worthy, but we don't say we're worthy. We just say what He says. Lord, You promised. Lord, You cannot lie. I can fail. I fail every day. You fail every day. But it's not, the blessing is not based on your failures. The blessing is based on your faith in the Word of God. He has said, I will bless you. He cannot fail. With numberless blessings each moment he crowns and fills with his fullness divine oh I sing in my rapture oh glory to God for such a redeemer Maybe you need a blessing tonight. Perhaps you're in need. You're in a situation. You need something from God. Or you're maybe somebody that doesn't know Him as your Savior. You can right now. You can accept what He's done for you at Calvary. You can repent of your sins. And say, Jesus, be my Savior. I accept your word. If you need something from God... You need something. He's here to bless you. When he went by Abraham and revealed the coming son, he wasn't finished. 
He wasn't finished. He says, I, I can't hide my secrets from Abraham. Seeing as he's in the covenant, he's part of the blessing. I must reveal my word to him. God has something for you tonight. If you need something from God, why don't you just raise your hand? Not coming in your own strength or your own works, but just saying, Lord, I believe you. Heavenly Father, Lord, for whatever the need is tonight, we want to say, Lord, we believe you. We hold our faith before you, O Lord. You have spoken your word. We are the seed of Abraham because of the faith that you have deposited within our lives. Because of that which you have quickened within us, Lord. We cannot break away from it. We cannot get away from it. Lord, if there's something in somebody's life that has robbed them of the blessing, I pray, Lord, even right now that they'll let go of it. Lord, may they put it under the blood. May it it just be hidden away and thrown in the sea of your forgetfulness, Lord. And Lord, may your blessing be poured out upon them. Even as Solomon cried out, said, Lord, remember this place. And remember this people if they call out to your name. And you said, Lord, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing and I will heal their land. Oh, Lord, may you pour out a blessing tonight. May you come by somebody's way, just supernaturally. Lord, may you deliver them. Lord, may you just give them a complete deliverance from everything the devil would attack them with. If it's physical healing, may physical healing be their portion tonight. If it's salvation, may it be their portion tonight. If it's joy, may joy be their portion tonight. May they come loose in the Holy Ghost. And may you pour out the great blessings that you have revealed in this hour. By restoring our legal rights to what Adam and Eve have lost. Oh Lord, what a life we can live because of your blessing, oh God. We thank you, Lord. And we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that the price was paid. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, for every good thing you've done for us. Thank you for all the blessings you've led us. You've directed us our footsteps, Lord. You even brought us to this ministry in this church, oh God. You've blessed us beyond measure. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. We're not worthy, but we thank you, Lord, for the promise. And we believe your promise. And we thank you for the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know we can do everything too much except pray. I wonder if we could sing that song too much that we love to sing. Uh, uh, His blessing is following after me. Uh, Why don't you lead us in that song, Brother Ryan? Uh, I just feel like his goodness is following us. I see it in the word. I see it everywhere. I see it in the family. I see, you say, oh, Brother Tim, you got needs. Don't we all? I just see the blessing of God. I don't see the lying vanities. I see the promise. Are you looking at the promise tonight? I'm looking at the promise. I say, it's thus saith the Lord. God has spoken it. I didn't speak it. He spoke it. Amen, brother. God spoke it. You didn't speak it. He spoke it. Doesn't matter what you have need of tonight. He cannot lie. Amen, brother Ryan.
Hallelujah. Glory to thy name, O Lord. Glory to your name. We love you, Lord. Oh, blessed be thy name, O God. Hallelujah. Praise be our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All my life you have been God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Just heed the Lord.